The theme for tonight is populating the Millennial Kingdom. So this is the Gospel of the Kingdom, part two, two of two. We started it last week. Last time we studied the difference between the Gospel of the Kingdom as found in the Gospel records and Paul's Gospel of the Grace of God as found in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. If you weren't here for that, you can go back and you can listen to the recording. It's online. You can go to our website. It's antiquitybaptistchurch.com. You can find the sermons there. Or you can go to sermonaudio.com and you can search for our church there. And you can listen to those previous messages. And, you know, sometimes I listen to my own messages. and Not the whole thing. It's painful. But I'll, I'll just forget what I preached last time. So I'll go back and I'll listen to, to remember what I, was, what I was preaching about. So, um, which is kind of funny, but I guess... It is kind of handy. So, the theme tonight, populating the kingdom, and this is the gospel of the kingdom part two. So, first, the gospel of the kingdom that we looked at last week is the glad tidings that Jesus the Messiah has come in fulfillment of prophecy to deliver Israel from her enemies and to set up his earthly kingdom. That's the gospel, the, the glad tidings, the good news. That the, the long-awaited kingdom was going to be set up. That their Messiah King was there and present with them. But Israel rejected her king. And therefore the earthly, physical, messianic kingdom was postponed until a future date. One blessed day, the Lord Jesus Christ will return, he will sit upon his throne in Jerusalem, and will begin to rule the world in righteousness and peace. There can be no peace upon this earth until there is first righteousness. Once righteousness is established, then peace will follow. That was the first gospel, the gospel of the kingdom. The second gospel that we looked at is the gospel of the grace of God that Paul preached. And that consists of the death of Christ for our sins, the burial and the resurrection of Christ as a payment for sins and atonement. And all who believe and trust that atonement are forgiven, are are justified, cleared of their sins and cleared of guilt. So the two gospels are not the same. We hear gospel and we immediately think the same thing, but the word gospel just means glad tidings or good news. So now, we're, we're focusing on that gospel of the kingdom tonight, and we will study exactly how the millennial kingdom will be populated. Do you ever wonder, who's going to be there? Who makes it into the kingdom? You know. Um, so, we have a timeline up here. The church age is roughly 2,000 years, and the close of the church age is the rapture of the church, and at the rapture of the church, all of the redeemed in the world, all who are saved, will go out. So we'll be left with unredeemed, unregenerate, unsaved people for the tribulation period. You'll have the seven-year tribulation. That closes out by the second advent of Christ. When He comes back, 
He closes the tribulation period and sets up his millennial kingdom. So then the, the kingdom age, 1,000 year kingdom age, starts at that time. So we want to look at who makes it out of the tribulation in order to populate the kingdom. So I have uh, several points here. Number one, the pre-tribulational rapture of the church removes all the redeemed. As I already said there. We won't look at the scriptures. But just so we're thinking about this clearly and biblically. That means everybody that's left. You know that are left behind. That they're unsaved. They can be saved in the tribulation. And there will be many who are saved. But uh, when we go out. Okay that means that we die. We we either die before the Lord comes back or at the rapture, we're instantaneously changed. But our natural body is put off. You know, we put off this mortal coil. And we receive, we have our spiritual soulish body until we receive our glorified bodies. And we receive that when we meet the Lord or at the judgment seat of Christ. So the important part about that is this. We won't have a natural body anymore. If you don't have a natural body, you can't, you can't procreate. You can't have children. And that's important to understand that part. Uh, I'll show you why. Number two. But many will be saved during the tribulation period. Revelation chapter 7 and verse 9. We'll have loved ones and friends and co-workers that are left behind. There will still be hope for them during the tribulation period. Um, but, the, but it won't be pretty. And the ones who have rejected the gospel, I believe those are the ones that receive that strong delusion. They will be damned. They will believe a lie. But there will be those who have never heard or have never clearly understood it, and they will have a chance during the tribulation period. Yes. God is, is, is merciful. He's going to give many opportunities. So... Uh, Revelation chapter 7 verse 9, after this I beheld and lo a great multitude which no man could number of all nations. These are Gentiles, Gentile believers in the tribulation age. And kindreds and people and tongues stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hands, and cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God, which sitteth upon the throne, and unto the Lamb, capital L. We know who that is, right? We know that's Jesus. So that's the Lamb personified, therefore it's given a capital L, because that refers to, to the Lord of glory. And all the angels stood round about the throne and about the elders and the four beasts and fell before the throne on their faces and worshipped God. What a time. So in verse uh, 9, those are, those are Gentile believers. We call them tribulation saints. Also notice verse 14. And uh, verse 14, I said unto him, Sir, thou knowest. And he said to me, These are they. Who are these people, this, this great multitude? These are they which came out of great tribulation and have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore they are before the throne of God and serve Him day and night in His temple. And He, sitteth, he that sitteth on the throne shall dwell 
among them. So there will be a great multitude of Gentiles saved. There will be a great multitude, not a great multitude, but there will be a remnant of the Jewish nation of Israel, a small remnant in comparison to their numbers in the world today. But there will be a remnant of Jews to start the Jewish uh, nation in the kingdom. And uh, there will be the 144,000 Jewish evangelists back in verse 4. They'll make it out. So I heard the number of them which were sealed, and there were sealed 144,000 of all the tribes of the children of Israel. They are exactly who they are said to be. Children of Israel. Male Jewish evangelists. They're not married. They are virgins. And they will do a great job of going throughout all the world. When the gospel of the kingdom is preached throughout all the world, Jesus said, then the end will come. So there will be that opportunity for people at that time to receive Christ as a coming and reigning king. So, number four, some of these during the tribulation period will survive. They'll survive, and they'll walk right on into the kingdom age. Now, this is important because we need to know who it is that's actually going to populate the kingdom. They have to have natural bodies. You see, we'll be there, but we will have glorified bodies, spiritual bodies. Bodies like Christ had when he came back after he went up Uh, from the resurrection to the Father's throne, when he came back and spoke to the disciples for 40 days, he had a glorified body. We're going to have a body like that. Um, So we won't be able to to propagate the world. So there will be people who who have to walk out of the tribulation and have natural bodies. Um, It can't be... The the tribulation saints, those who die, uh, are martyred because of what they believe and stand for, and they won't receive the mark, they won't follow the Antichrist and his program, they're martyred. Many Gentile and Jewish people martyred. When Jesus Christ comes back, there's a, pre, there's a post-tribulational rapture, which he's caught up, they're caught up to be with him, and then they come back with him. They have glorified bodies, so it can't be them. All right? So those who survive and walk into that kingdom age, they were described... In Matthew 25, we looked at that last week, but let's just go back real quick. Matthew 25, and verse 34. So, we're studying exactly how the Millennial Kingdom will be populated. Because it lasts for a thousand years, and we're looking at the first generation of the Millennial Kingdom. So, uh, Matthew 25 and verse 34. And we looked at this last week, but I'll just read this one verse. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. This is a judgment that, took pla- that takes place on the earth. Remember? We, we talked about some of those things last time. And these people who are on the right hand, 
this is a place of honor. And they're invited to come on in and inherit the kingdom. Inheritance is talking about land. And just a place in the kingdom. And then there are the people on the left hand. That's a place of horror. Because he said to them, depart from me, ye cursed. So those who are in that place of honor, they get to come in. And they are... Who? Remember we studied the three groups that are present at this, this judgment? This is the judgment of the nations. It's, it's on the earth at the start of the millennial kingdom. The judgment of the nations. Three groups that are present. You had the sheep, which were the people of all the nations, the, the Gentile nations, that helped the Jews during the tribulation and did not go along with the Antichrist program that survived the tribulation. Those are the sheep. Then you had the goats. Those are people from the Gentile nations that uh, went along with the Antichrist program and persecuted the Jews, did not help them out. Those are the goats. And then you had the brethren. Those are Jesus' Jewish brethren. So you will have walking into the kingdom the sheep. Those are Gentiles from the nations that were on that place of honor. And then you will have the Brethren, the Jewish people that survived, the Jewish remnant, that did not die for their, for their belief. They were not persecuted to death. Now, compare that with Zechariah. Now, don't be afraid. Zechariah is just two books back. It's the second to last book in the Old Testament. Haggai, Zechariah, Malachi. Malachi is the last. Right before that's Zechariah. I don't know how you pronounce it. Do you pronounce it Zechariah? Zechariah, okay. Um, Zechariah chapter 8 and verse 5. Whoops. Chapter 14, verse 11. And Zechariah chapter 14, verse 11. Notice what it says there. And men shall dwell in it. And there shall be no more utter destruction, but Jerusalem shall be safely inhabited. So, the Bible predicts that men will inhabit the city of Jerusalem. The context of this, this prophecy is the kingdom age. That some will survive. Men. uh, Mortal men. Uh, men from Adam's race. So they, they will dwell there in Jerusalem. Now, underneath that point, some will survive. I say that uh, for, for several reasons. Some people have to be alive in their natural bodies in order to have children. And I say that because the Bible predicts that. When the Bible describes the millennial kingdom, it describes there being generations. There being, at the same time on earth, living children and elderly at the same time. See that in Isaiah 65, 20. So because it's prophesied, it means it has to happen. Isaiah 65. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. If you, uh, and there's a blessing, yeah, and there's a blessing on the land um, and on the people. People live longer. Mm-hmm. 
If you want to see something interesting sometime, check out the chart that shows you how fast the population has grown since about 1850 till today. It's skyrocketed. It's incredible how, how quickly the population can grow. Um, I have that in a book at home called... Ooh, Mm. Oh, I'll bring it in to you. I'm studying it for a missions class. But it's a chart. Uh, it's more or less like a prayer guide to pray, to pray for all the world, pray for the nations, and to pray for the gospel to spread. But uh, I'll, I'll show you that material sometime. So Isaiah 65, verse 20. Notice how people are described during the kingdom. There shall be no more thence an infant... Of days, so we might think of infants in terms of days, nor an old man that hath not filled his days. So old men will will be full of days. Uh, there will be no curse on them, no curse on the ground, no problems with cancer, I suppose. For the child shall die in hundred years. A child a hundred years old. But the sinner, being a hundred years old, shall be accursed. So if a sinner dies at a hundred at years, he's accursed. Okay? So, notice what it, the point is, notice in this verse, you have children, and then you have adults. Okay? Zechariah. Back to Zechariah chapter 8. So you have children in the kingdom. And, uh... I think I heard a question, why do they die? Why do they die? Well, the earth has been regenerated at this time, and therefore things live longer, but the wages of sin is death. So they live longer, like um, after Adam uh, died, and after he sinned in the garden, the Lord took him away from that tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And uh, he took him away from that, and, or the tree of life, I mean. And then after that, he, he lived for a long time, but then he eventually died. We'll go back to a situation like that in the Millennial Kingdom where people will live longer like they did back then, but they will uh, eventually die. And that, the wages of sin is death, that will be removed in the new heavens and in the, the new earth. I think there will be, we'll be back to that eternal life ordeal, but um, we'll have to study more about that, but... We're still, like when you're, when you're here, the, the heaven and the earth will be regenerated, will be renewed and remade, so all the pollution will be gone, the rivers will be safe to swim in. But um, after the kingdom age, then the earth is totally destroyed. And then there's a new heavens and a new earth. And there's no longer the consequences of sin and of the fall. But they're still there. And I guess the shortest answer as to why they still die is just the, because the Bible says that they do, but it says that they live longer. And it must have something to do with the Lord re, uh, regenerating the earth and something to do with the atmosphere that he changes at that point. Because they say the reason, the scientific reason, if you study like uh, creation science, um, the reason why men live longer after the fall is because of the, the ozone. Uh, there was a canopy of water up there because it had never rained. If you study the Bible... When it says that uh, there's going to be rain, that's the first time that there was rain. 
And so God let that canopy break loose and let there be rain, which now there's no longer that thick canopy protecting us from the sun's rays, and now there's a smaller ozone. And that's what they say there. Um, so God does something to improve the ozone, which we all know the, the sun is killing us. That's pretty much common knowledge. Um, so Zechariah chapter seven verse or chapter eight verse five. So that's my best shot on that one. Zechariah eight verse five. Um, so you see here in verse four, uh, thus saith the Lord of hosts: There shall yet old men and old women dwell in the streets of Jerusalem, and every man with his staff in his hand for every age. There's the elderly. Then verse 5, And the streets of the city shall be full of boys and girls playing in the streets thereof. So there are people there of different generations. So there must be people with natural bodies in order to be able to populate the kingdom. So, in other words, to describe this time, babies will be born. People will live longer. Still, they eventually die. There, the animosity of the animal kingdom is removed. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think it's going to be an agricultural type of a, of a setup. But yeah, it'll be, you know, you can imagine what we've accomplished in this country in just, just a couple, a few hundred years. You know, imagine what would happen in a thousand years. But yes, there will be just like that, all over the world, and, uh, but there will be. Uh, a time it'll be a time of great peace. There'll still be people sinning, and there'll still be people breaking the laws and people getting in trouble with Jesus. When they sin, they're they're punished. Um, in the Old Testament, remember the punishments for rebellion and and sin. Yeah, like a child that's a rebellious child stoned to death. That that kind of stuff will happen. So they'll be back under the law. Um, they'll be they'll be worshiping at a temple in Jerusalem. So yeah, when the, when Jesus. You know, like, we live in a time where we think uh, the, the capital punishment is immoral. Well, that's just because we're not holy. And you'll have a perfect judge, and he'll know if you've done something wrong. You don't have to have a panel of jurors and, and all that. There, there will be no mistakes. He'll know. You know, he, he'll know you. He'll know uh, where you were and what you were thinking. And, <laughs> you know, if you're in trouble, you're in trouble. So, uh, just incredible to think about, isn't it? Uh, but the animosity of the animal kingdom is removed, right? There's no, the lion can eat straw and, and he's not tearing up the, the lamb. And the people that are sent, that sinned are punished. Uh, people are expected to attempt to attend temple worship, which is reinstituted, I suppose, probably for the men. Uh, but, and then I think that the reinstituted temple worship must be looking back to commemorate the cross. So at that time, I would assume that there's no more communion, that that's just an ordinance given to the church. That's a special thing for us, and it's a very simple thing. But during that time, all of that elaborate temple worship will all commemorate the cross and look back to the cross to honor it. All will live under the dominion of Christ's rule. Some will willingly live under his rule. Their hearts are changed. Um, Stony hearts taken out place with a heart of flesh. And then there will be many, there will be an innumerable number who will live under his rule, but unwillingly. Um, the devil is not present at, at that time. You know, at the beginning of this, 
he's bound, he's put into the bottomless pit, you know, and, and uh, he's not here. It's all the nature of man. You know, you couldn't blame anything else other than man's fallen nature for their rebellion against a king and a perfect rule. I mean, it'll be a peaceful time. Righteousness, uh, peace and joy. So, um, the rejection of the Lord is, is completely at the blame of man. Then, uh, since resurrected bodies cannot propagate, as I think I've said too many times already in this lesson, there have to be those natural bodies. And there will be people with resurrected and glorified bodies that are there present, like us. So, we'll be there present, and we'll be there with people who are natural. Because people with glorified bodies or spiritual bodies, we cannot propagate, we cannot marry. We're not married, we don't, we're not given in marriage during the kingdom. That's a thing of, of this time here on the earth. So here, we can't marry, we can't have children, but we will watch people who do. And we will serve the Lord through all of that. Yes. Yeah. Angels, angels are singular beings. They do not have... Yeah. Yes, there was something demonic that happened there in Genesis 6. They were fallen angels, yes. And I, that's, that's where I stand. It wasn't just the, the godly line of Seth. That's a bunch of baloney. But, um, yeah, and th- will, will those fallen things be there? Is that what you're saying? The the. the Will the angels be there? Yes. Will the fallen angels that we call devils be there? No. No, not during that time. So, yeah, and we, um, but it goes deep. The more you start to think about this, which is a good thing, right? It's good for us to stay mentally sharp and to think about these things, isn't it? Um, And what we're doing is we're just doing a survey of it. There's a lot of, and it's a good thing. There's nothing wrong with a lot of questions coming up. Yeah. So he can go out and create havoc all over what God has done. Yep. Yes. And we're and we'll look at that. That's our last reference. But now if you're like me, you start to think, why is the Lord doing this? Yeah. And and you Yes, and it's obvious, like, if, if you don't believe in free will, or if you don't believe that salvation is, is uh, on man's part, dependent upon his own free will and his own free choice, I don't know what you do with the rest of the Bible, because this is obviously, the Lord is going to take the people who willingly submit to his sovereign rule and authority. They are going to make it out of the kingdom and will be blessed all of those, he's going to allow the others to rebel. So what is already in their heart? Rebellion and rejection of his authority. And the devil is going to come up and give them the opportunity to revolt. And then they will be judged at that time. But the devil knows his end's coming, right? Yes, he knows his end's coming, so he's going to... Yeah. Well, let's look at, uh, let's look at Revelation 20. We'll end there. Um... This is, this is the, the true God. This is Jehovah. This is the God of the Bible. And this is uh, strong meat in the Word of God. 
Um, in most churches, this is simply just not taught. Uh, and I'm not trying to put them down, but um, we have in, a, in, in America a very weak, anemic, sickly, um, feminine Christianity that is not standing. Christianity is, is um, it's failing in America. We are, we're, man, we are, by, they, you know, by, um, probably by, if, if the Lord were to tarry, by the middle of this century, I would say Christianity would have almost no influence in our country. Now, in other parts of the world, it's growing rapidly. Nigeria, I just re- heard about this, the Pew, you can check Pew Research. Nigeria is one of the fastest growing uh, Christian populations in the world. That's the worst persecution in the world right now is probably Nigeria. They're at the top. The church in China is growing at incredible rates. The church in the Philippines growing at incredible rates. All of these places where people are persecuted. Just, just expanding incredibly, uh, exponentially, but not in America. The church in America is failing because we've just, I think... We've watered it down. We're apostate. Yeah, it's a judgment. Um, we've watered down Christian uh, teaching to the point to where you come to church and it's just all about how can I have a better relationship and how can I be blessed and how can I deal with my anxiety or something like that. And and there's just uh, very little soul winning and Bible teaching going on. But Revelation 20, verse uh, 7. When the thousand years are expired... Satan shall be loosed out of his prison and shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth. So they're all over the earth. Gog and Magog. This is at, not, not Armageddon. This is at the end of the millennium. This is Gog and Magog. Armageddon's at the beginning. Gog and Magog at the end. <clears throat> to gather them together to battle, the number of whom is as the sand of the sea. And you know who destroys them and defeats them? It's the Lord himself. And the devil's cast into the lake of fire at the end of the thing. But he gathers all these people that want to rebel. And you have a great, great multitude. How does it describe it? Their number is, uh, I lost it now, as the sand of the sea. Isn't that incredible? So this innumerable multitude of rebels will actually gather together and being so deceived, they think they're going to fight in a revolution against Christ and then they are dealt with there. So that's the population of the Millennial Kingdom. I have just a short paragraph to sum it up. Um, In our understanding of these future events, the original parents of the Millennial Kingdom are the redeemed survivors of the tribulation period. They have natural bodies The first generation of the Millennial Kingdom will include Gentile sheep of Matthew 25 and the faithful Jewish survivors. All right, we got a couple minutes, so let's look at Ezekiel 20 to see the faithful Jewish survivors. Uh, Ezekiel is right before Daniel, so you have Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel. It's the fourth of the prophets. Um. I was talking with my dad about church, and he loves his church. He's grown so much there. It's, uh, 
His, the Lord strengthened his faith right before he began all these trials um, that he's gone through since he turned 75. And he loves his church, but they lost their piano player. You know, and that's just, that's a bummer when you lose the piano player. And the music ministry has since gone downhill. And um, we were talking about that. And so he says that his pastor watches the clock a lot. And I, I do too. And I'm trying to be mindful of your time. But he says his pastor's all the time watching the clock, watching the clock, because he doesn't want the service to go too long. And so he takes his, his hymns, and his hymns might have four or five verses, and, and he just sings them all as fast as he can. And my dad says, I get winded. I can't sing it. Just too fast. He needs to slow down. And I was like, he's like, I'm going to tell him just to sing two verses instead of all five, or else just don't worry about the clock. But uh, <laughs> I, I find myself looking at it now. All right, so Ezekiel 20. Verse 34, these are the Jewish survivors that will populate the kingdom, that first generation in the kingdom. So, verse 34. And I will bring you out from the people and will gather you out of the countries wherein you are scattered and a mighty hand with with a stretched out arm with fury poured out And I will bring you into the wilderness of the people, and there will I plead with you face to face. Notice that, Lord pleading with his people. Like as I pleaded with your fathers in the wilderness of the land of Egypt, so will I plead with you, saith the Lord. And I will cause you to pass under the rod, and I will bring you into the bond of the covenant. And I will purge out from among you the rebels, and them that transgress against me. I will bring them forth out of the country where they sojourn and so on. So just if you read that in context, you see what it means. But what's the Lord doing in the tribulation period? One of the things, he just said it, I'm going to purge out the rebels. So um, if you want to know what this book is about, this book is about a king and his kingdom. A king and his kingdom. And when he sets his... His love upon a people, say like the church, um, or when he sets his love upon the nation of Israel. Everything else that happens in the world surrounding those people, all of it is happening to fulfill his will for his people. So he's putting down his, the enemies and the rebels and ridding the world of evil so that his people can live here underneath his rule and his authority. So... Uh, I think about that, the right hand, a place of honor. The left hand, a place of horror. Behold, the goodness and the severity of God. That's the God of the Bible. If America feared God, I suppose we probably wouldn't be in the shape that we're in. Let's go ahead and pray. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for this time together. Um, Lord, it leaves us with a lot of questions, and that's all right. Lord, we, uh, we give those questions and those concerns to you. And Lord, um, as best as we understand these things, we're enjoying studying them. And I pray, Father, that you'd give us greater light and bring us into a greater understanding of the scriptures. And Lord, as we look at these things, many of them, they, they, they don't um, necessarily affect our daily lives. But in a, in a way they do, because there are many people that have heard the gospel that we know, they've heard it, and they're going to be responsible for that. For that knowledge that you command, you command them to repent and believe the gospel. And so, Lord, I pray that you just help us just in a gentle, loving, but persuasive way. Help us to continue being the, the best witnesses that we can 
and use us, use all of our faults and our failures and our weaknesses, uh, but use us and make us more sincere as we try to be witnesses to those around us. And uh, Lord, we, we will be sure to give you all the thanks, all the glory, the honor, and the praise. I thank you for this time together with your people tonight. In Jesus' name, amen.